What's up, everybody? I'm JJ John J. Stramski. And I'm Jason Goff. And if you haven't heard, The Ringer has gone local. I'm bringing the fire. I'm bringing the rain from the Big Apple with my show, New York, New York. And I'm repping Chi-Town with my new show, The Full Go on All Things Chicago. We've got episodes three nights a week with all the reaction to the local teams and guests. Plus bonus episodes around all the big games and storylines. So whether you're uptown, downtown, in the burbs, or a transplant. Make sure you follow New York, New York, and The Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler and visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ringer Gambling Show. We are just one week away from crowning the champion of the 2021 football season house. I am so excited to start dabbling into some of your early thoughts, bets, ideas, props, anything that you're thinking about for the Super Bowl that you've either already placed action on or might be looking to place action on in the future, any questions that you have of me that we can help answer, because I think the audience will probably be thinking along the same lines as well. So I'm really looking forward to this show. It's going to be fun. Uh, We will obviously be breaking down the Super Bowl even further next week with Solak on Wednesday, live from Las Vegas. And then on our Friday show with you and I, where I'll be diving even deeper into some of the things that I've uncovered. Um, But how are you doing on this fine Friday? How has your week been thus far as you don't have football to handicap for this weekend, but you've been kind of preparing all of your takes and bets so far have this has this been a more hectic week for you as you're trying to get ahead of some of the line movements in the NFL for the Super Bowl or are you kind of relaxing a little bit and enjoying the fact that you had two weeks to prepare yeah Sharpie I I'm in in chill mode uh I had to take a couple days to kind of lick my wounds after getting punched in the face one more time by Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, Joe Burr, with the, the the only real action I had on that game was the teaser. And I think all of America had that teaser of, you know, grabbing San Francisco and pushing, pushing them up towards double digits plus nine and a half or so and grabbing the Chiefs and pushing them down to, you know, 
uh, minus one or, or pick them. And there is a reason, just a reminder to everybody that Vegas is, is built uh, in the middle of a desert with these giant, glossy, beautiful buildings, these skyscrapers that looked absolutely, look absolutely perfect. All, all of the greatest restaurants, restaurateurs in the world, they're all in Vegas. And that's because people like me tease the Kansas City Chiefs down. It's the most obvious bet on the board. And Vegas loves obvious bets. So they collected. Now, we did hit the miracle middle in the second game with uh, San Francisco getting three and a half points and the Rams money line. Um, I, I, you, you, you gave good caution on betting that um, simultaneously, and I didn't pair them up necessarily, but I had action in both of those directions and it, it, it came through. So that helped uh, cover up some of the pain. The one thing that I did, and this is kind of reflexively, it's like if you show up to school every day with your lunch and the lunchroom bully comes over and punches you in the face and takes your lunch. At some point, you just see the lunch, the, bu- the bully coming and you say, you don't have to punch me in the face. Here's the lunch. So on Monday, uh, immediately in response to the markets open, I know there was Sunday night action as well. I jumped on the Bengals. I mean, I'm just not going to let Joe Burrow punch me in the face one more time. Uh, he, he, he has some, I have exposure to the Bengals. I got them, um, at minus four and plus I, four, pl- plus four. Pardon me. How dare I Joe Burr? Don't punch me. I'm sorry. <laughs> so let me four. ask you this. Yeah. Okay. Keep, keep rolling. Keep rolling. No, I'm I'll just saying. And, 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 um, you know, the thing that I like the best and we'll sort of dive into this more over the conversation today is, is the total. Um, and I bet the under, uh, I got it at 50. Um, it's now around 48, 48 and a half, depending on, on where you're looking. And I want to pick your brain a little bit about how that, that line is going to move. But, um, how did you fare ultimately across the board last weekend? Okay. Well, first of all, I want to ask you about your Cincinnati take with Joe Burrow. So you, we know you bet against them last week right? Because you were on the Chiefs money line um, in the in No, the, the Chiefs in the teaser. Yeah. Correct. So you needed the Chiefs just to win the game. And obviously Joe Burrow came back and, and pulled the upset. In the divisional round of the playoffs, you were on the Titans. So you were likewise against the Chiefs, uh, against Joe Burrow. I was as well. In the wild card round, were you on the Raiders? Or were you on the Bengals? I didn't have any action on that game because it felt okay. like a coin flip game to me. Um, I just wanted to eat some Cincinnati chili and chill. Okay. So for two straight weeks, as you mentioned, Joe Burrow was punching you in the mouth, punching you in the nose, bloodying up the body, doing some good body work, then coming body back work. to the head, you know, and 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 you are trying to avoid that knockout blow in the Super Bowl. You are trying to ensure that Joe Burrow won't lay you down on the canvas for the 10 count in the Super Bowl. So you're backing Joe Burrow. And you you say you jumped on that on Sunday night right away and you took the four. Um, so A, I'm assuming that you, you're a little bit surprised that the line continued to move towards the Rams. Um, well, let me ask you this. Would you be surprised that the rest of the public is also backing that position as well? So the public is backing the Bengals 
and yet the number is going in our direction? The number is moving, the number moved towards the Rams and the public at multiple books that I've talked to has been overwhelmingly coming in at, at rates that they had no idea has been overwhelmingly coming in on the Cincinnati Bengals. Two different books that book, you know, the the, the general betting public, the the, the casual betters, um, were shocked at the number of tickets that are coming in on the Cincinnati Bengals. Over 70% of their action thus far has been coming in on the Cincinnati Bengals at two different individual books whose sports book directors shared the information uh, with me privately. And when you look at the general bet splits, the just the general bet splits out there, like I'm seeing some websites that are showing between 67 and 69% of their tickets across like a spread out of books coming in on the Cincinnati Bengals as well. So what I'm saying is that it's not actually that um, shocking to see you have that reaction, right? I don't think a lot of people were probably, a lot of the general public were probably loving Joe Burrow over the last couple of weeks, but probably a lot of these people who have lo- who have lost tickets and money betting on it, uh, betting against him rather over these last couple of weeks just like you have have said Matthew Stafford was on the Lions last year like I don't really trust Sean McVay he's already lost a Super Bowl they scored only 3 points in that game I'm going to back Joe Burrow so let me dig in this a little bit deeper with you and ask you what aside from Joe Burrow himself and not wanting to lose to him, and obviously he won the national title, and there seems to be something just very magical about this run for the Bengals, as well as his aura in general. What is it? What are your primary reasons for wanting to be on the Bengals other than him, his aura, and the fact that you've lost fading him the last couple of weeks? Yeah, so it's hilarious to express all of this in the form of Joe Burr, which and he deserves it because, you know, he's he's the accolades and there's absolutely nothing surprising about the public. Joe Burrow has been in the public eye now for 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 3 years. He is a winning quarterback and, you know, the the recent uh streak that he's been on confirms him being a winning quarterback. America loves a winning quarterback. So I'm not surprised at all to hear about the public action. I have to tell you, though, the, the real informing thesis for um, why I feel re- relatively comfortable being on the Cincinnati side at this stage of things, and I'm going to obviously get your book. We'll, we're, we're, you're, you're, you'll have it out Monday as you know of Super Bowl week, as is your way, and I'm looking forward to learning some of the inside angles and your thoughts on this. But the true hero, the Cincinnati hero, is is Big Lou? It's Big Lou Anaromo. Did I say his name right? Yes, uh, I believe you did. He's a goddamn magician because both of the offenses that he went up against had noteworthy advantages p- on paper, right? And so the thing that really had me feeling like, okay, I, I've seen enough out of what this guy is capable of in terms of innovation, week to week innovation two different kinds of offenses, and creating enough confusion. Now, look, he confused Jimmy Garoppolo and he confused Ryan Tannehill. Is is Matthew Stafford a step above those two guys? Yes, I would say yes. But 
just seeing, you know, look, he caught some luck against uh, the Titans. Nine sacks, and and none of those turned into, you know, game-changing turnovers. There, there is a little bit of variable luck that goes along with that. Um, Burrow can't have his ass on the ground that many times. But they schemed up on the offensive side enough of uh, protection for Burrow against Kansas City. And Burrow himself showed continued mobility that, you know, they they didn't lose the game on the offensive side. They won the game, though, on the defensive side. And what the magician, Luana Romo, has been conjuring up, this is really the informing thesis for why, you know, I, I again, I'll do the research. It's only Friday. We're still 10 days out. But um, I, I feel like it's a, it's a closer game than um, what the season-long projections hold. And this is the real thing. I, I was... Happy to have this opportunity to chat with you on this Friday. What do we do with the numbers, right? How do we trust the numbers? Across the board, the Rams are better by um, virtually all of the advanced metrics in every facet, right? Better defense, better offense, better special teams. Um, And there's a bunch of stuff out there. Cincinnati's faced the easiest slate of opposing defenses over the course of the season, um, only one top 10 defense. You know, the, the, these are the kinds of things, but we had numbers like that that applied to both the, the Tennessee game and the Kansas City game, and yet Cincinnati figured out a way to win both those games. So, you know, you know I, I don't feel strongly about the Rams. I don't feel strongly enough about the Rams to say, come in and say, I have conviction. I'm going to lay the points, and this is the way it's going to go. And I love being on the side of the narrative. I'm nothing if not a square. We've established this over two years. I love being on Joe Burr at this moment. Um, but I do want to, I have some, some thoughts um, to share with you on the totals um, when we kind of get there. But what's your reaction to, to my line of thought here? Yeah, um, I, I think it is going to take, so, so first and foremost, um, like I do think it's, it's um, I don't know, We'll see where Joe Burrow's career ends up going and whether he gets moved and shifted into kind of like the the Tom Brady category of like, oh man, I keep keep betting against this guy and I keep losing, right? And it's just like at some point I'm gonna have to like adjust my thought process from a gambling perspective. But I I don't think that we're there quite yet. I, I still think he is a very young quarterback. And when you give Raheem Morris two weeks to prepare a defense to face him. Um, I think that there are going to be enough things there that are going to potentially, I don't want to say necessarily trip him up, but slow him down a little bit. Um, I, I think that there that is something that is a real potential. Um, if you look at what he's been doing in terms of this Bengals offense in the couple rounds of the postseason thus far, and you know, their 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 overall point production in these games it's it's not like mind blowing it's not like you know we we look back and we see this game and I mentioned it on the podcast so I'm not going to rehash too much of what we shared on Wednesday if you guys want to listen to that show I encourage you to re-listen to it if you didn't already but Joe Burrow in this comeback where they end up winning the game 27 to 24 over the Chiefs last week uh, which by the way you asked like last week was not a good week for me either from a betting perspective probably my loan down week in like two months, I would say. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm starting 
I haven't done a single thing with the Super Bowl yet. As is kind of my way with the Super Bowl, what I tend to do is, is there an advantageous edge that I need to grab right away out the gates on Sunday night? And then kind of where do I see the line moving and 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 where do I see it settling? And I talk to people in the industry, both at the books, both privately with different groups, some that I work with, some that I don't, and try to get an understanding as to like what they think the numbers are and where things are headed. And universally, most everybody does not really see a ton of movement on the side or total. This line is probably, in my opinion, going to be hovering for the next several days. And again, it could be could be wrong here, but around four to four and a half. I doubt it goes back higher to higher than five, which is a dead number anyways. And I doubt that this total does much different than sit right around 48 and a half or so. When if it does go down to 48, maybe it does. It'll probably get bit back up. Um, if it sits at 48 and a half, I bet the public, we're going to talk about the total in a little bit, will probably get that back up, um, back to maybe like 49, closer to kickoff. Um, I, I just don't see, I think this number is pretty good from the books. I think it's a pretty quote unquote fair number based upon a lot of people's power rankings and models and that type of thing as to where we should be. So that's where you do the digging and you slay for hours. And I talk to guys in the industry who literally last night, what are you doing? You know, they, they, they were out doing X, Y, or Z. And I'm like, I'm, I'm working on the game. I'm working on my analysis. And they're like, you're slaving away for two weeks on this shitty game. And the reality <laughs> of it is it, it, to me, at least it is kind of, I don't want to say a shitty game. Cause that's insulting to the fans of both of these teams, but it was not my ideal matchup. It was not the matchup that I wanted to see for this Super Bowl. But here is why I think it's important to spend that level of time researching and analyzing this. It's because of something we talked about before the season even started. We rediscussed it probably at the midpoint of the season, and we absolutely discussed it over the last couple of weeks of the regular season. And that was these playoffs are going to be so exciting, so entertaining, so crazy. We said this before the playoffs even started because there's no clear-cut dominant teams this season. It wasn't that, you know, 16-0 and well, this year it would have been 17-0 and team. There's all sorts of upsets and dogs were having a good year and unders were doing pretty well this start. That means we're going to see a lot of close games probably. And lo and behold, I mean, it's easy to ignore through the craziness of the of the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. But lo and behold, you know, that first round was not very entertaining with a lot of big scores and, and, and on games that weren't close. The entire divisional round saw games that were ended on the last play of the game, basically. Uh, every game was a one-score game. And then last week's games were all games decided by three points. And so it's it's just this craziness that, ensues with these tight games and teams you're not sure who actually has the upper hand and which way this game's going to go i mean both the games last week we saw a team up by double digits entering the second half and the opposing team came back in those games one was a big time third quarter comeback from the Bengals. one was a big time fourth quarter comeback for the rams and those teams ended up winning the games outright um the bottom line here is we were right about our thought process that this was going to be a super close postseason and a very entertaining one. But we were also right to say 
this postseason is not going to be about, in my opinion, the Jimmys and the Joes or the head coaches. It's about the matchups and what those coaches specifically decide to do here and how they're going to create their battle plans, deploy their units out on the battlefield, and then execute the game plan that they came up with and make the tactical in battle adjustments to try to gain the upper hand, to try to gain that high ground on their opponent. And that's why I think it is important to spend so much time just messing around in the dirt and trying to uncover edges for this game. And so I think what you said um, is true in that you're going to need a great effort from the Bengals defense, but I actually think that they have a good shot here. You're going to need their kicker money Mac to come out and play really well and bang some of these field goals. You might need gay to miss one for the Rams. Um, you might need Sean McVay to not make as quick in-game adjustments, uh, which he struggled with doing in the 2018 Super Bowl. So yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that the Bengals don't have a chance. It's just, it, and I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl from a competitive standpoint. The issue is just, um, I'm I'm definitely surprised at the the public gravitating towards the dog in this one. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. I'm glad that you mentioned some of the, the season context because one of the things that we had our eyes on as the season progressed was the the value of the number one seeds. And then we had both of the number one seeds, you know, who earned those bye weeks come in and just put down stinkers. So that will be, you know, helpful. And it fit the context of, of the season in terms of exactly what you're talking about, right? All of we don't, we didn't get any, we only had blowouts in, in the, in the wild card round. We got to the divisional round, the blowouts are over. These teams start to be evenly matched. What I want, I'm interested. Do you feel like the two best teams in the NFL, the two best teams, have arrived here in in the uh, Super Bowl? No, no. Oh, no. So who but, who would you who would you have? Who do you think's better? Well, do you you think the Bengals are the best team in the AFC? I don't. I don't even by a, by a, by a close margin. I I don't know how to answer it because I don't know how to measure it. The team that I thought was the best team in the AFC was the Kansas City Chiefs, and they 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 loused up a home game. Um, by being outcoached and and outmaneuvered and by confusing a quarterback that's supposed to be the modern greatest of all time, this is the modern successor to Tom Brady, they confused him sufficiently with just one half of, of a kind of adjustment to their game plan and completely rewrote the book. So I don't know what else to ask of the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think that there's anybody else in the AFC for them to beat, for them to prove. They beat the Chiefs twice in the past month and it, they beat the Chiefs and knocked them out of the one seed and then beat the Chiefs and knocked them out of the playoffs. So as far as I'm concerned, that there's a the Bengals have a plenty good argument for being the best team in the AFC, notwithstanding the season-long performance and all the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations, 
the fat, some of these things we've talked about, you know, they, they haven't really played a defense like this Rams defense. They're about to go up against. And that offensive line um, of the Bengals has been uh, a vulnerability all season long. Um, but in, in any event, uh, yeah, I mean, I, look, we, we should focus on the Super Bowl. What, what, what I will say is the, the bills are a decidedly better team and the chiefs are a decidedly better team than the Bengals. And, um, that's the fun part about the difference between the NBA and the NFL, right? If you played seven games, a right. seven game series in the NFL, that would help determine for sure the better team. And most of the time, the better teams in these, you know, uh, NBA series that lead to the championship, ultimately the better team does advance, right? Um, in the in the NFL, that's what makes it so exciting. You can have a, a, a massive comeback of unprecedented proportion to then win a game in overtime. Um, and that's exactly what the Cincinnati Bengals did last week on the road in Kansas City. Um, and so, you know, I definitely think that there are multiple teams in the AFC that are better. If you ask any sports better in the entire on the entire planet to do up their power ratings right now, they all I, I would call them fraudulent if they did not have the Bills and the Chiefs above the Cincinnati Bengals. It's just sure. it's it's not saying that the Bengals are a bad team by any no, stretch. No, no, I it's, know. It's simply saying that they're not a better team. So if you ask did the best team in the AFC make the Super Bowl? I'm going to say no, but right. that's what's fun about the postseason is that kind of it's it's a it's a single elimination tournament, and by any means necessary, survive in advance. You um, yeah, you remember I'm an NBA guy. That's my orientation. So yeah, results speak. That that's always going to be my bias. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's pivot now towards the total, and then we'll talk some props. But from the totals perspective, so. So you got in early on the total as well, and you bet the under. And so far, you've had good positive line movement in your favor. Um, so you get you if you bet today, you will get a worse number than you got a few days ago when you actually took it. My question for you is this: You indicate uh, maybe it was in the pre-show about multiple bets here on the total. So I want to discuss that with you. But but first and foremost. What was the overarching thought as to why you liked the under and why you bet that? So um, it felt like a rare opportunity to get two first-time, first-appearance quarterbacks, uh, you know, matched up against each other, um, plus the opportunity to have a first-time head coach um, in in the Super Bowl, you know, with his first appearance also. And that McVay relationship, the Zach Taylor McVay relationship, I feel like it's the, my favorite bet on the board right this second, and I'll just get it out, is um, the first half under, and I think it's 24. I've seen 23 and a half. I'm dying for it to go up to 24 and a half. 25 would, would make me ecstatic. You'll hear me jumping uh, you know, on the rooftop. Screaming if it gets up to twenty five for the first. You're talking half about total. the first half total. First half total. Yeah. I, I adore yeah, it's not the getting, first half it's not total. Getting, it's not getting close to that. I'll just break your heart. I right know, now. but but look, <laughs> this is part of our conversation, right? So one of the things that I was doing a little bit of research on, we've only had one instance in the in recent memory of two um, first time appearance quarterbacks. It was Mahomes against Jimmy G. That game went under. The first half went under, and that was um, largely because it was that Chiefs juggernaut. The, the total for that game was fifty-three, um, and the Chiefs, you know, had been scoring points all over God's green earth um, that whole season. So, not surprising at all to see it up there. 
I very much like this idea of these the familiarity of these these two coaches and what they like to do. And Solak and and you both sort of covered some of this on the Wednesday show around um, McVeigh's kind of comfort zone in terms of his approach offensively and how there's a kind of a, a tendency to be a little bit predictable um, and how that might play into M- M- Magic Lou's uh, approach to this team. I mean, Magic Lou only had one week to scheme up against the Chiefs. Now, they had played the Chiefs, you know, a few weeks prior to that. But give Magic Lou two weeks against this Rams offense, and I, I very much like, um, you know, seeing what he's capable of. But the the real um, you know guiding principle for me on, on these uh, totals is just you know the, the um, opportunity for explosive plays. While both of these offenses try to get big chunk plays, I just don't think they're going to do anything other than kind of sumo wrestle in the first half. I expect a lot of like trying to like line control kind of stuff, uh, you know, battles in the trenches kinds of things. And especially with the success that Cincinnati had against the Chiefs, 45% in that rush three, drop eight, the Magic Lou second half approach. And and you have been on Sean McVay for first down runs. Buddy, I think we're going to see some first down runs out of the LA Rams, especially in the first half of this football game. So that's kind of the, the thesis uh, I am interested in your thoughts on how that to- the total will move over the course of this upcoming week. Will there be more opportunities for me? First half and and overall, won't the public come in and boost this number up and give me some more opportunity for value? I want some more value, Sharpie. Okay, so um, I will get to the to the projected movement here in a second. The one thing that I will say is. It is interesting just to play kind of devil's advocate, you know, the the battle in the trenches, the, the 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 rough and tumble kind of like the sumo wrestling mentality that you described in the first half of this game. It's it's or that you're kind of expecting to see. It is kind of interesting though, you know, it, it's not as if we have let's say a Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl. It's not as if we have um let's say uh a Derek Carr in this Super Bowl or a Jalen Hurts in this Super Bowl. We have two quarterbacks who were hand-selected by both of these staffs. Obviously, Sean McVay went out, specifically grabbed Matthew Stafford, uh, who, you know, is is capable of playing at, at a top seven level in the NFL. Um, he's obviously put up statistics whether he's been blitzed or other things that are the best in the NFL of any quarterback this season, right? Um, And then you've got Joe Burrow, who, you know, obviously he got injured. He came back. He's playing remarkably well. He's a guy drafted number one overall. And he's a guy that they have a lot of confidence in. So for both of these coaches to go to the Super Bowl and then just like take the ball out of their hands and want to run it a ton seems very counterintuitive to what you would probably expect that these teams like, okay, we need to get to the Super Bowl. We need to build a lead and win this game. How are we going to do it? Well, we've got this fucking stud quarterback, or we could just hand it to this Jag running back. Um, <laughs> like it, se- it seems like their thought process should gravitate towards the quarterback. But you also said something else that was interesting and valuable, which is, you know, 
Sean McVay has had no success in the Super Bowl before. Uh, Zach Taylor, it's his first time. He's playing up, up against his mentor. Neither of these quarterbacks has been there before. Maybe there is a little bit of um, you come out playing not to lose the game as opposed to building a lead to try to win it. Maybe you come out ensuring that you're not going to make these mistakes and you're fearful of the opposing team's pass rush or secondary and you just want to make sure that you don't lose the game with a turnover or a sack fumble or something in the first quarter and you're fine with keeping this game close and you trust your team to get their feet underneath of them as the game ticks by. Um, So there's like some devil's advocacy on both of those sides. With regard to where I see this total going, I think this total right now is a pretty fair number. Um, So I, I think if you're talking about what did the sharp money do, it's clear the sharp money, early money came in and bet the under. However, they didn't keep betting the under, right? There, there was a, a point in time where they're seeing value and we can bet the under and it's clear we've seen nothing happen now and the limits are pretty high and there's been nothing happening with this total. It's sitting right at 48 and a half. Um, if there was still major value to be had on the total, right? 48 hits at a, at a higher rate than some other numbers in this band between like 46 and, and 50, okay? So you would think that there would be some grabbing up, continuing to gobble up the 48 and a half, and that has not happened. It's been sitting here for a while, which tells me a lot of the guys who bet the under early on got what they wanted and are done with it for at least a while, if not for good. And then you ask, well, what's the public going to do? Yeah, the public, in my opinion, is probably going to see some of the same things I just mentioned with both of these stud quarterbacks. A lot of the lead up is going to be the Rams. And, you know, the Rams team scored 34 points against the Cardinals in the first round of the playoffs. They scored 30 points against the Bucks in the second round of the playoffs. This is a, you know, yes, they had a low scoring game against the Rams last week. uh, Sorry, against the 49ers last week, a team with a very good defense that knows them intimately inside and out. Uh, But this is a team that was putting up 30 plus points in their prior two playoff games. This is a very good offense. Um, And this still, in my opinion, is a Bengals defense that has not really. It's a combination of not really been tested enough as well as not really risen up to the occasion um, against any good offense that they've played. And yes, I get it. The whole, well, they beat the Chiefs last week and they did the drop eight stuff in, a little bit more in the second half and confused them. I mean, watching that tape again multiple times, there's stuff left out on the field by Patrick Mahomes and company that are just, this is not the stuff that Patrick Mahomes typically leaves out on the field. I still can't get over the fact that Mahomes did not score a single point at the end of that second quarter before the half, as well as do anything in the second half whatsoever, except a field goal as time expired. And that to me is still um, perplexing that they weren't able to be better than that um, from a coaching or from an execution standpoint. Um, So yeah, I think the public is going to come in on the over here, but what does that really mean? How much is the public actually going to move this? And I'll just say this. I would be surprised if we got even back to 24 in the first half. Okay. 
I do think we may go back to 49. That's just a guess. I could be completely wrong. I think we may get back to 49 here, but I don't see us getting back to even 24 in the first half, let alone 24 and a half. So um, I just think that would be very tough. Um, let me ask you this, though. In the pre-show, you mentioned banging this thing a couple of times. So what numbers were you taking and why were you banging it multiple times? Was it because you were you had hit your max bet and you just wanted to bet it again the next day? Or, or, or why didn't you just get down as much as you wanted the first time you bet it? Because that's not how I, I gamble. Um, okay. A lot of the times, you know, you, you have taught me over these couple years to look for that opening line opportunity. That was not previously a way that I approached um, gambling. I've been you know, I was previously a lot more of a casual better, um, you know, waking up Sunday morning and, and getting down on some action just to have some fun. Um, you know, and then as, as time went on, I would, you know, do some Thursday, Friday gambling. But, you know, since since this show has been rolling along, Sharpie's gotten me a little sharper along the way here. So, um, you know, I, I have an initial sense of what um, looks like and feels like value. And I want I just want to hit it. Um as that line opens, and then I have the opportunity to go ahead and do some research and see whether or not test the thesis, see if that that sort of initial instinct in terms of size totals and where those numbers reside, um, whether it kind of bears out. And there's a lot of research. God bless, you know, how sophisticated the NFL gambling market is these days, the wealth of information that's available that quickly, right? Like with within hours, folks are, are jumping in with their perspectives. And so I, I had the benefit, you know, I sleep on it for 12 hours. I wake up, I see the numbers are basically in the same place or maybe moving in my direction a bit and then put a tiny, another little bit um, down. But I, I won't be in a max bet um, position until next week. And lar largely because the bankroll that I have kind of stored up um, is, is going to, I'm going to, I can't wait for the props. And, you know, the props market, I already missed the Joe Burrow um, passing yards. I think it moved by, 20 yards, you know, from, from when it opened, right. The, everybody banged the over it opened in like the two fifties and now it sits in the two seventies or something insane like that. So that's one now I'm off of, but, um, there are the books, various books are dropping various props now. And I'm especially looking at rushing yards props because of, you know, part of what, uh, the, the script that I have in mind, with with these unders, um, with these 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 totals and these unders, so I'm I'm looking at rushing props as a way to kind of, uh, in the first instance, maybe hedge some of that, but also you know maybe there'll be a, an angle there where I jump in heavy. My bankroll uh, is is sitting tight until we get to that point. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. 
Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Obviously, the props market is where most of us have the majority of our money when it comes time for a Super Bowl. And you could ask, well, why is that? Well, on a, on a normal given week, they don't have the, this many props, so they have to line a lot more. The other thing is that um, some people view props like from a fantasy perspective as like, okay, I've got my model. here. Here's like different players. So I've got edges, right? You're just picking off edges. The other way to look at props is you study the game, you handicap the game, you come up with your thought process to what you think is going to happen. You look at the side and total, you see if there's any value there based upon how you're handicapping the game itself. And then you let that kind of, you, you ride that wave through the entire props market and you're betting whatever props seem to tell the story of how you envision the game playing out. And there's a variety of ways that you can get involved in the props market. You pick like a narrative. Uh, I think you know some of the smartest guys out in the props market do this, but you pick a narrative of like, okay, let me think of one, like the way that this game could go. If, if the Rams are going to win this game, how might it go? If the Bengals are going to win this game, how might it go? And then you like travel this kind of like linear path that has some branches, but you work your way through the props market. It's like, what would happen if the Bengals were to win this game? What would the Rams have to do? How it, and so you can start, if you, if you like the Bengals, for example, you can start betting on some of these things, right? Like, uh, betting against certain things that the Rams might do, betting on some of the things that the Bengals might do, uh, in order for them to win the game. And this, relates to passing props and rushing props and kicking props or punting props or defensive props on both sides of the ball. And you can kind of travel this, this path down there as you're looking for these opportunities. And so um, the other cool thing now that a lot of books allow you to do is you can parlay these things. And so one of the fun things that like, you know, I'll just throw out one thought process here. Um, and and I think uh, I'll, I'll say this, like FanDuel, DraftKings, all these companies out there, they need to put, because of this singular game is so different than the rest of the games, they need to incorporate more things into these same game parlays than they have been doing. And the biggest thing I'll pound the table on is the MVP. Put the fucking, M- put the fucking MVP into the same game parlay screens so that we can wrap up MVP odds into the rest of the same game parlays that we're building out here. I'm giving you a mil- literally a million dollar idea. Go run with it, FanDuel. Go <laughs> run with it because you will have a lot of guys that are then going to be putting the MVP odds into uh, all of their same game parlay bets. But like, let's pretend you want to build out something for Cooper Cup to win the MVP. What would that? Ha- what would that look like? Boom, let's build out a same game parlay. Well, you know, look back at the odds of how many times wide receivers actually won MVP. What did those guys have to do? What thresholds did they have to meet from a catches perspective or a yardage perspective or a touchdown perspective? And then how does a uh, wide receiver win the MVP and a quarterback doesn't? Okay, so let's build, because most of the time, you know, the quarterback's the one throwing them the ball. So most of the time, the quarterback is the guy who's going to win that MVP. So what are the situations where the wide receiver won it, but not the quarterback? Okay, maybe he has to throw an interception. So we'll add Matthew Stafford to throw a pick into this mix. Maybe the quarterback can't have like 
400 passing yards, right? He has to have like an okay game, but Cooper Cup gets a lot of it. Um, maybe they win by a close margin. Like there's a lot of different things that you can like build into that. And you can have like a really nice, like really long shot odds parlay to win if Cooper Cup wins. And that way, like to me, that's far better than you betting Cooper Cup MVP at like plus 600, right? Like Cooper Cup, I, I can build you very quickly a same game parlay that would allow Cooper Cup to win the MVP and pay you much more than plus 600, right? So figure out the ways to do that. Um, I think, but in general, I think the props market is the place where a lot of us are going to have a lot of money. And I'm actually starting to uh, get involved in that today. You know, it's Friday. Westgate does a uh, the Superbook out in Las Vegas. They always do a massive thing on Thursday night where they release hundreds of props and they have a prop sheet and it's like 20 plus pages long of all the different player props that they've got. Um, and you're allowed to be in line. You're allowed to bet. I think it's one or two of them for like a max of two dimes and you have to get to the back of the line and they just cycle through and all types of people come out there on Thursday night and bet these things. But what they do is they set the market in a lot of these and some of the offshore books and some of the, or some of like the fan duels and DraftKings now that it's legalized, we'll start adjusting. Oh, here's what, here's what uh, the Superbook opened at. Here's the early action that they took because some of the sharpest bettors out there are either betting off numbers where they made mistakes or betting where they see value. And then these other books can see, oh, they move this prop, you know, eight yards or they move this catch prop up a half catch. And so then they might make adjustments themselves. Um, so today's a day where we have a lot more information on kind of like where some of the sharpest money came into the market. And uh, it's a good time to start getting involved in the prop market. So um, today's a day that I'm going to be moving on a few of these props. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it because um, I'm over halfway through my analysis on the game. I've got a number of things that have surprised me that I can't wait to share with you next Friday, House, um, in greater detail. But but a lot of this stuff is going to educate me from a prop betting perspective. And part of it, too, is this. You could take the Bengals plus four and a half today and you might get Money Mac, when they're down by six in the middle of the third quarter to shank a field goal. Oh, and then you trade touchdowns late and you end up losing the game by six points instead of three. You might get the ball to bounce funny. You might get a guy in the end zone for the uh for the Bengals, T. Higgins, to drop a wide open catch that could have won the game for them by a point and they lose the game by six points, right? And one random play could go wrong and you're going to lose the four and a half. However, a lot of your handicap over the course of the game could have been correct. And that's why dabbling in this prop market is so valuable because you're trying to come up with narratives that you think are going to play out and result in X happening in this game but along the way, X might not happen because of the ball is not round and fuck, fucking funny things happen in the NFL. But a lot of your props could end up coming through and winning for you. The, the other way could play out too, though, which is you might bite it on all these props too. If you're completely wrong on how you think this thing's going to play out, you could bite it on a lot of props too. And yeah. so um, 
you just have to be aware of that. It's, it is, I, I will preach this since we won't talk until next Friday. Responsible gambling, ladies and gentlemen. It is one game, it is the Super Bowl. And to me, it's not even a game between the two best teams. It's not going to be this um, incredible game that I will lose tons of sleepless nights looking forward to. Um, I don't see a shitload of value on the side in the total. The side in the total have sat here for days, relatively consistent numbers that have not been moving considerably. Thus, all the sharp guys aren't like, oh my God, this number's way wrong, right? Like you might find during the regular season. So take this game with a grain of salt. It's a big game. We're going to be betting it. We're going to be betting props. We're going to be betting a lot of different things, but you should be betting stronger where you see bigger edges and you should be betting less where you don't. And it's still fun to get involved in a lot of props. My perspective though is just this, unless you think that you're a genius and have all the answers, don't bet as much money. Get as much action as you want to. Just scale down your bet size a little bit so that you could spread it out and that if you're wrong, you're not going to be ruining the day on Monday morning and, you know, sitting there completely dejected as to how you wasted too much money that you couldn't afford to lose on a on a Super Bowl that you didn't even love, you know, when the matchup was first announced. Well, I, I have a couple of responses in the first place. How dare you intimate that Marvelous Mac has a shank in him? All that brother does is hit the ball square and it goes straight down the middle. He's, He's a beauty, isn't he? I love yeah, him so he much. He's just terrific. Um, I want to make sure that as you know, the markets are open for the props, right? So for regular people like me, we will be able to go into the places that we use and start seeing some of these numbers because Westgate has opened the floodgates. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the props right? have been open. You can bet props at uh, any of these books uh, for the last several days. They've no, been open. I just mean like the big onslaught, you know, the big, like, yeah. uh, like, uh, you know, the big, and that's, that's coming, but, uh, Look, if you the, the thing to do, what I will be doing is building up the, the research. Now, I have a thesis and I've bet a little bit because of the numbers, but one of the things I'll be doing is looking forward to your goddamn book coming out Monday, Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Monday evening, whenever it comes out. And then I can see how sort of my my thinking on this. Now, look, like you, you urge caution. One of the things that uh, I'm absolutely cognizant of is that Joe Burrow has played in a ton, a fuck ton of humongous games, all of the world watching. He, they, he played four humongous games the year that he won the national championship. I don't know the last time that Matthew Stafford has played a game of this order of magnitude. I'm, but, but maybe because Joe Burrow goes into his offensive uh, the room uh, as a game plan, he's like, bro, I'm going to throw the rock. I mean, it's just, just I, everything's going to be fine. And then my thesis is out of the water because, you know, Cincinnati comes in and is like, we're, we're going to just throw the rock. But I'm looking very forward to uh, doing the research over this weekend and into early next week and trying to jump on some of these props before they get um, to a place that's uncomfortable. And it's going to be just what you caution. Spread it out, spread it out, spread it out. Yeah, keep it. keep in mind, the vast majority of public money is still going to be coming in closer to kickoff, right? Like, and, and you've had this wave with the sharp guys I talked to Sunday night into Monday, boom, they're betting. Now they're relaxing, doing their research for props, coming in and betting props. And, 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 and so it is kind of a downtime in terms of like from a game perspective, the focus now is on props and we are going to see a lot more money on the game total and the spread and, and even the prop market from the public later on next week. 
between Thursday and, you know, Sunday, which we do most weeks, we're going to see uh, like a massive onslaught of this money uh, coming in, but it's going to be fun and you got to do your research. And yes, the, 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 the book um, is probably going to be coming out. I say Tuesday morning, I leave on a flight on Tuesday to Los Angeles. It's going to be out before then. If I have it done by Monday night, I'll get it out Monday night, but it absolutely will be out no later than Tuesday. And don't stay uh, you up know, all night, get some rest. A lot of, a lot of my thought, well, I've been, I've been staying up all night for, for, for <laughs> weeks now. And, and that's the thing. They're like, why are you, why are you working so hard? I said, because all I do is the NFL, right? On Monday, the day after the Super Bowl, I can relax. You know, I guess it's it's Valentine's Day, so I'm going to have to re-engage with my wife again now that I've been like so focused on football season. But <laughs> like, and then thereafter, it's like, it's like, I've got time, I've got time, I've got time. And then eventually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm meeting with coaches and I'm working on stuff for uh, the, the combine and talking to new coaches. There's a lot of new coaches around the league this year. Some are still yet to be named. I'm then, you know, shifting gears towards uh, draft prep as well as, you know, free agency and, and, and of course, writing my book. So I have a lot of stuff I do in the off season, but it's all related to the NFL. I'm not the type of guy who has to go and start handicapping basketball or handicapping baseball or golf or any of these other things, which speaking of is a great transition house. I know you've got something for the listeners out there, something to whet their appetite with action that's going to occur this weekend. So why don't you lay it out for us? Yeah, we we have to keep the bet the house going, even though uh, there's no NFL to play on uh, this weekend. This is a great weekend to, you said, re-engage with your wife. For you, that comes off sometime in the future after the Super Bowl. But it's okay to reintroduce yourself to your family uh, this coming weekend. The, this is a, a an all-time great tradition. The uh, Pebble Beach, the AT&T um, Open with uh, the celebrities, the big Pro-Am tournament, is always this weekend. Um, in between the divisional, uh, the the conference championships and, and the Super Bowl. So I am looking at a guy who has had sensational results at the Pebble Bay. Uh, Pebble Bay, what's wrong with me? I'm not used to talking golf on this this show. It's it's Pebble Beach. Jason Day currently available. Now, look, this is going to move because we're taping this on a Tuesday morning. He had a fine round yesterday on Pebble Beach. He's playing Monterey Peninsula today. He's currently available at at 24 to 1 on FanDuel to win this golf tournament. This guy has eight top 10s in the last seven. He's gone 7th, 4th, 4th, 2nd, 5th, 11th, 4th. That's an incredible trend line for somebody uh, at at a particular venue, at a particular uh, event. Last week, he was uh, playing in the final group. He he, um, had a, a less than stellar back nine, even though he eagled the 14th hole, but there's tons of value. Jason Day at anything from 20 plus 20 or, or, or better, gobble that up and just sit tight for the weekend. Now, if he goes out and shoots crazy low on Monterey Peninsula today, that number won't be there. But whenever this pod is up and you hear this, jump on that. Bet the house, Jason Day to win the AT&T Pebble Beach. All right. Well, there you go. I might have to dabble with you, my friend. Jump in. I'm 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 not going to sweat it by watching it because I'll be if any <laughs> any spare time I have I'll just be working but um I may have that uh in my in my little portfolio and uh and, and see how it goes so I like it I like it well there you go um just remember you know if you want to bet 
X thousands of dollars on the Super Bowl, just stick to that and spread spread it out. Bet a lot of these things, but spread it out. Don't bet 5X, 6X ultimately of the whatever your threshold is of what you want to bet on the Super Bowl. And that'll do it, guys. Thank you to everyone for listening. We'll be back Wednesday from Los Angeles with Ben Solek. We're going to run through all of Ben's bets for the game. He's got a lot of them. Trust me on that. And you're going to want to listen to that show. Thanks to Joe House for joining me and to Mike Wargron and Craig Holbrook for producing the show. We will see you guys on Wednesday. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.